Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Numbers. Hello and happy Wednesday, faithful listener. Hope you're having a wonderful start to your day. Or for those of you who are listening in the evening or at nighttime, hope you had a wonderful day. (laughs) But anyway, guys, let's just jump right into scripture today. Let's just read Numbers 30 verses 1 through 9. This is talking about women again. And as a woman, I do feel uh, that I am able to comment on this pretty well. So I'm excited to talk about this one today. I always enjoy ones that are talking about women because everybody always likes to say, oh, the Bible's so misogynistic. Well, it's really not, honestly. And I enjoy showing how it's not misogynistic, especially as somebody who is a woman, because God loves women. And it's very clear in scripture that God loves women. So let's read Numbers 31 through 9 today. I'll be reading on the WEB version. Grab your Bible and your cup of coffee, sit back and relax, and let's read. Moses spoke to the heads of the tribes of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which Yahweh has commanded. When a man vows a vow to Yahweh or swears an oath to bind his soul with a bond, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. Also, when a woman vows a vow to Yahweh and binds herself by a pledge, being in her father's house in her youth, and her father hears her vow and her pledge with which she has bound her soul, and her father says nothing to her, then all of her vows will stand, and every pledge with which she has bound her soul shall stand. But if her father forbids her in the day that he hears, none of her vows or her pledges with which she has bound her soul shall stand. Yahweh will forgive her, because her father has forbidden her. If she has a husband while her vows are on her, or the rash utterance of her lips with which she has bound her soul, and her husband hears it and says nothing to her in the day that he hears it, then her vows shall stand, and her pledges with which she has bound her soul shall stand. But if her husband forbids her in the day that he hears it, then he makes void her vow which is on her and the rash utterance of her lips with which she has bound her soul. Yahweh will forgive her. But the vow of a widow... Or of her who is divorced, everything with which she has bound her soul shall stand against her. These are the chapters that people like to read to just uh, nitpick at the Bible without really thinking about it. (laughs) They're like, oh, this is taking away the rights of women. Okay, no, it was not. Because here's the first thing about this. This was created in a time when women had absolutely zero rights already. Literally no rights, pretty much. For the most part, women were considered to be pieces of property. So the fact here that God even says that a woman can make a vow is giving a woman so many rights in this time period because she's allowed to make the vow. She is absolutely allowed basically to make any vow that she wants to God. However, it says that if she's living in her father's house as a young woman, that her father can make the vow null and void. And also if she is with her husband, later on, once she gets married, her husband can make the vow that she took before she was married. He can make it null and void. So this is God giving women rights. This is God saying that women can make vows, that they have intelligence, that they... (laughs) 
(laughs) that they are human beings that can have a relationship with him through their vow making. So nothing about this at all, in my opinion, is misogynistic, especially when you look at where the Israelites were and where and what time period this was. This, to me, is just groundbreaking when it comes to giving women more rights. But that's not the only thing that's going on in here. The other thing is protection of women. So even though the woman can make a vow, a woman can make any vow she wants, she has somebody there to help her if she makes a dumb vow. (laughs) Oh, boy. We like vows, don't we? I mean, even to this day, a lot of times we, we... state some pretty stupid vows. I can't say I haven't made a dumb vow or two in my life. One of them still stands actually to this day. I don't know if you guys know, but I love anime. And there is a particular anime that I watched when I was like 15 or 16 years old that I decided I actually made a vow. I'm never going to watch that anime or have anything to do with that anime ever again. And it turns out that my husband really likes this particular anime. (laughs) Looking back on it, what a dumb vow I made. Like, that was a stupid vow. But because I literally made that vow, like, to God, I'm not even joking, I actually did, I still stick by it to this day. Now, there's plenty of other vows I have broken over the years, and for some reason, I keep holding on to that vow regarding the anime. (laughs) When I've definitely broken plenty of intense vows before, for sure. For some reason, I keep holding on to that one. But the point is, is that even though a girl or a woman could make a vow, she had somebody there to protect her if she made a stupid vow. Because God does not take vows lightly. He doesn't now. He didn't in the past. So when we make a vow, we have to make sure we stick with it. And the vows I've broken over the years, I've had to confess my Uh, sin for that. And I've learned it's just better not to make vows. In fact, Jesus kind of just says that that very thing. It's just better to not make any vows because the flesh is so weak. We have a really hard time keeping vows. We might make one in the moment where we feel super emotional about something. We make a dumb vow to God and then we end up breaking it. That's like breaking a promise. I hate it when people break promises to me. Why would God like it? Why would God be okay if we break a promise to him? Which is why Jesus states, just don't make any vows and just let your yes be yes and your no be no. In other words, if you say yes to something, just do it. If you say no to something, don't do it. (laughs) Now, that being said, I don't believe that there are, I do believe that there are good vows that we can make. For example, marriage is a fantastic vow that we should make when we get married and that we should keep. That's a vow. So we have to be careful not to break vows, but we also should be careful not to just make snap judgment vows that we are feeling, like I said, right in the middle of an emotional moment. So making a vow itself, I do not believe is a sin, but breaking the vow definitely is a sin. Because if making a vow were a sin then God would be sinning because he has made so many vows to his people all throughout the Old Testament. And Jesus made vows to us that he'd never leave us or or forsake us. Certain vows like that. 
So the vow making itself is not a sin, but brushing the vow off thing that we do or not keeping the vow, that definitely falls in line with with a sin for sure. That's a sin. So getting back to Numbers 30 here, God is putting an extra piece of protection in for a woman so that she can be helped to not break this vow. If her dad, say she's a youth, okay, this this young woman is a teenager. She's living in her father's house or maybe even younger because people got married pretty young back in these days. Let's say she's like a 12-year-old young girl and she wants to make a vow to God and have a relationship with God in that way. She would have to go and state the vow to her father who would hear it and he had two responses. He could either remain silent or say, yes, go ahead and do it. Do the vow. Or he could be like, no, that's a stupid vow. You won't be able to keep that. I know your personality. (laughs) And he could literally say, you're not doing that vow. Then at that point, the young girl would be released from the vow that she made in her heart. And uh, she would be protected. And it says here that God wouldn't hold it against her, that she broke a vow that she made in her heart. It says Yahweh will forgive her because her father forbade her, basically. So that father was able to protect that young girl from making a stupid vow. And I'm sure if you guys have kids and the popular thing to do, let's just say the popular thing to do nowadays is to make vows to God. Because that's what it was back in these days. You're going to see so many, we're going to see so many evidences of of ridiculously stupid vows that are going to come up after all this. It was really common to make vows back in these days. Let's just say your teenage girl wants to make a vow because all of her friends are making vows. It's popular to do. She wants to she wants to do it because let's be honest, that kind of stuff probably happened back in these days. (laughs) She would have to come to you, tell you her vow, and you could say that's a dumb vow. I know you. I know you're not going to be able to keep that. I know you're not going (laughs) to. (laughs) I know your personality. I just know you. You're not going to be able to do that. And that's what this father would do. He would either remain silent and let her do the vow, or he would say no. It says that say the father said yes, and there was a vow that this young woman made. And she ends up having to stick with this vow for several years, if not her entire lifetime. Let's say it's a lifelong vow that she made. It says that if she gets married... And she had made this vow previously before she was married. Her husband can hear the vow and decide if it's a vow that she should no longer have to keep. At that point, this woman, this young married woman would be freed from this vow that she took. Because her husband was safeguarding her. He was protecting her from having to do this vow. And so it says that if he hears it and makes her vow void, it says that her soul will no longer be bound to that vow and Yahweh will forgive her. So in other words, she is now free to get rid of this vow and break it, basically. She's free to do that because God forgives her because the husband has that authority to say that this is a stupid vow. I mean, let's say that this woman ends up making a dumb vow Her father was okay with it for whatever reason, because that probably happened also. (laughs) And it ended up really screwing up 
her new life with her husband. That husband could then make that vow null and void. And that wouldn't be on the woman any longer. God would forgive her. But men did not have this same convenience. They did not have this same right. Here's what it says at the beginning. If a man vows a vow to Yahweh or swears an oath to bind his soul with a bond, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. Men didn't have this same safeguard. They didn't have somebody that could be like, oh, that's a that's a bad vow you made. You shouldn't do that. And if they end up breaking this vow later on, which potentially they were going to do, if not probably they were going to do, then they were left with their sin and God was going to judge them for that vow being broken. But the woman does not get judged for her vow. So that's why when people like look at stuff like this and they're just like, oh, you know, the Bible is so against women. It just makes me really mad. It really does because they're not actually reading it. They're not really understanding that God loves women, that he puts the male as the authority over her as a way of protection even. And a lot of times women don't see that. They don't see that in a good relationship between a husband and a wife, the husband is the protector of that family. And that's a good thing. So there's definitely no use in getting angry about any of this stuff at all, in my opinion. But here to finish out, it says in verse nine, but the vow of a widow or of her who is divorced, everything with which she has bound her soul shall stand against her. Those are some strong words shall stand against her. I think that's that's uh, (laughs) kind of scary, actually, because it's saying she better keep those vows because she doesn't have a husband to get rid of those vows for her. She has to make sure she keeps them. She is now on the same level as a man here where she just has to keep the vow. She needs to make sure that she is doing the right thing and that she keeps her promise to God. But for you and me looking at this nowadays, I do think it's probably good that we take the advice of Jesus and refrain from making too many vows. Because like I said, making the vow itself is not the sin. But because we are so (laughs) sporadic, uh, at least I am, I have a tendency to be kind of sporadic, I think it's good that we just don't make any vows so that we avoid potentially breaking a promise to God. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. hope you learned something from all of this. It was a lot of fun to talk about, honestly. And we're going to talk about um, another little bit of this, basically a part two of the vow making for women. And we'll talk about that on Friday. So tune in then if you want to hear more about this subject and share this episode if you enjoyed it. Share it if it was uh, meaningful to you. And if you know somebody who struggles with uh, with thoughts of the Bible being misogynistic, maybe share this episode with them and and maybe this will show them how much God cares about women and how merciful he is towards women. But anyway, I hope that you all have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and that you are blessed. So happy listening and God bless. Mm-hmm.